Welcome. You're listening to the Collision Buzz podcast presented by Driven Brands, the largest automotive franchise organization in North America. I'm your host, Ron Zapatello, bringing over 25 years of collision repair experience. The Collision Buzz is a show that dives into the auto body repair industry in support of the independent body shop owner. Each episode features guest leaders and operators from all aspects of the collision repair industry to discuss the challenges, solutions, and insights that have helped them in their journey to success. Stay tuned each month for new episodes to come. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we continue with the conversation right where we left off in our last episode. Where there is no communication, negativity fills the void. So I'm going to say that again. When or where there is no communication, negativity fills the void. So we think oftentimes that we tell the customer, hey, your part's on back order. It's not going to be in for two months or two weeks. And then we think, well, I told the customer I won't be in for two weeks. I don't need to talk to them for two weeks. But they're having anxiety during that time, right? Right. And I think what we have to do is we have to do a no update update. You know, hey, Chris, I'm just going to let you know. You know, I spoke to you on Monday. I said your part was on back order. I'm just letting you know nothing's changed. It's still on back order. And I think when we have supply chain challenges, which, by the way, when I talk to the OEMs, it sounds like that's not getting better until probably next year, right? That we have to do a better job of communicating when a part's on back order, I believe. So no update updates. I mean, it's it's true though, right? We all have the same thing, whether it be getting serviced or you're waiting on a pizza to get here and they haven't been here in 30 minutes, you're getting anxious, right? So I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, this is somebody's 100000 or $50,000 car. This is something that's the largest purchase besides their house in most cases, right? So, I mean, they're worried about this. And I think they're also, they're trying to plan their life, you know what I mean, and plan their schedules. Everybody's so busy today, whether it's trying to plan a vacation or trying to plan how we're going to get the kids to school or, you know, how I'm going to go check out my mom who has dementia, whatever the case may be, right? That people have busy lives and they need to know what's going on so they can plan their lives. And talk about that for a second, because we we coach, or at least I do, um, you know, using the text messaging and CCC and being, you know, in this industry, not just this industry is so far behind many other industries where you're, you know, your instant gratification. You can't just bring your car in and have it fixed today and get it back today. Although you can get your groceries delivered today in an hour or your medications delivered in an hour or whatever it might be. So in this world that we live in, in our industry, that's not the case. So we have to figure out ways of using like text messaging and answering some of those questions. You know, do you, do you coach to use that? Absolutely. So um, there's something I learned from Mark Fincher at CCC called liquid expectations. And that is that every time a customer engages with Amazon Prime or Uber or Netflix or anything like that, or their doctor's office FaceTime, they now that shapes their expectations for us, right? So what I think we need to do as coaches is we have to ask our clients, our shops, are you delivering a modern customer service experience or an antiquated customer service experience? Like the first thing I ask is how many of you have taken an Uber? And everybody raises their hands. Well, what kind of receipt do you get from Uber? I get a, you know, an email receipt. Okay. Let me ask you a question. What kind of receipt do you have your customers? I give them a paper. Well, you just told me you love getting an electronic receipt from Uber. So why are you not offering that to your customers, right? Or let's talk about let's talk about a modern experience for our team, our coworkers, right? Are you still asking them to do a paper and pen quality control app form, or are you giving them the ability to use an electronic quality control app? Now, again, I do think that you know you've got to be open minded to what you know maybe the age of your uh, of your client base is, right? Like, is it an elderly person or is it a younger person? But 
at the end of the day, I think we have to ask ourselves, am I delivering a modern customer service experience or is it antiquated? Because that shapes the customer's perspective, which leads to online reviews, which is going to impact voice activated searches with telematics in the future. So, I mean, all this stuff starts to snowball and it's a domino effect. So, Absolutely. So what we're doing is we're coaching people to say, are you utilizing technology to give a, you know, a more modern customer service experience, but not just for your customers, but are you using technology to allow your staff to also have a more modern experience in the way that they do their jobs? I mean, it's so important right now. Trends for our CSI is going downwards, right? And so we have to find ways. I mean, what what are tools that you're you're seeing beyond those no update updates. What other ways are you seeing out there or are you coaching to, to try to get that CSI up? So obviously we know that the three things that really impact CSI is number one, kept informed. That's number one. You absolutely have to have the ability to communicate with your customers electronically. And um, also people want a single point of contact. They don't want to deal with five different people. We call that one throat to choke. All right. The second thing that impacts CSI is on-time delivery. Did you deliver the vehicle on time as promised? And we need to stop giving customers anticipated delivery dates when they bring their vehicle in. Instead, we need to change the conversation with them, knowing that they only have an accident once every 10 to 12 years and just say, if they say, hey, Mike, will my car be done? Say, well, Mrs. Jones, once we get your vehicle in, we disassemble it, we find any additional damages, we'll have to notify your insurance company, get approval, check parts availability. I should be able to let you know in the next 48 to 72 hours. Then I'll be able to let you know when your car will be done. And the third thing that affects CSI is was vehicle fixed rate the first time. So are you doing a thorough quality control uh, you know, check throughout the vehicle? One of the things I like to do is when I'm calling a customer to let them know their car's going to be ready, I always like to ask them, hey, you know, hey, uh, Eric, what's your most favorite features on your car? I just want to make sure they're working properly. If he tells me it's his heated seats or his Bluetooth, then I'm going to make sure I double and triple check that. You know, I think the other thing in regards to customer service experience is also, um, you know, I think a lot of customers today are expecting like a white glove concierge service, right? You know, white glove concierge service. And so I think, unfortunately, um, I think that we're living in a world where consumers in the very near future are going to expect free pickup and delivery. You know, now that presents a whole other another set of challenges, right? But I think we've got to also, you know, think about, again, having that digital presence 24 hours a day, seven days a week where customers can engage with us. doesn't mean you got to be open those hours, but they can at least communicate with you, whether it's submit a photo, schedule an appointment after hours, whatever's good for them. So I think all of that com- encompasses an extraordinary but uh, CSI. But here's the other thing I'll say too, is that I think there's a difference between customer service and customer experience. And I think what's happened is because we know that the CSI questions are, were you kept informed? You know, was your vehicle delivered on time as promised? And was vehicle fixed rate the first time? We tend to focus on those three things and it's stifled the creativity of our staffs to deliver an extraordinary customer experience. And I, while I'm not saying those questions aren't important, I think that we, we got to make sure that we're encouraging our staff, right, um, to deliver an exceptional customer experience, right? So, again, customer service versus customer experience. You hit on something about flexible hours. And I know some stats out there, and I, I'm sure you have them handy. But how many times most of our shops, including other MSOs, are only open to, what, 530, 6 o'clock? How many of those accidents happen at night after that and how are they engaging with our stores right thinking outside the box i think it's it's huge yeah we know statistically that approximately 43 percent of all accidents occur outside of normal business hours today 
That means when we're closed. Again, it doesn't mean you're open, but at least to have the ability where they can request an estimate, schedule an appointment, or even chat with you through your Google business listing, right? Where they can send you a text and maybe it just says, hey, we're not available right now, but we'll get back with you. I know a, I know a, um, a husband and wife shop in Kansas. And um, the first month they turned on the chat message feature through their Google business listing, they captured $22,000 of additional work after hours, right? Now, again, this was back before, you know, during the COVID times, right? Not today when everybody's busy, but it's just, you know, being accessible. And I think that's one of the things that makes the driven brands, uh, you know, your your franchisees, which differentiates them from a national consolidator is because, you know, your franchisees are the owners, right? They're the owners, they're family. They're more willing to take that you know, after hours text chat, right, than a national consolidator is. And so I think that's a competitive advantage. So going back to my theme for 2022, it was grow your team to grow your business and change the way you compete. And I think that's just another way they can change the way they compete so that they can dominate in their market area. Yeah, get on that subject, Mike, uh, going back to the overcapacity and uh, shops feeling comfortable right now and, and not paying attention to certain things they should, like their bottom line or their AR Driven brands, as you all know, we have uh, our edge performance groups and um, the playbook and everything. And it seems that, like you say, we're busy now. We're not paying attention to those things. What are your thoughts on on that? And as far as why we should, which our franchisees should be participating? Yeah. So I think that again, you know, uh, there's a I love to read, and there's a book by Patrick Leosoni called "The Five Temptations of a CEO." And one of the things that he talks about in his book is that you want to surround yourself with people that will call you out on your baloney, right? That they're not going to just be a yes person. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of being in an edge performance group and also with a coach like yourself is someone that's, you know, going to tell you the way it is and call, and, and, and look at your blind spot for you, right? Because sometimes we're so focused on where we're at. We're just running forward that sometimes we need somebody just again to, you know what I mean, to to watch our blind spots for us and let us know Rain what maybe up on bit. us. Exactly. Yeah. So, you right. know, that's where I think, uh, honestly, I think that 20 groups, which is what your edge performance groups are. Honestly, I think that if I look back at my successes as a shop owner, my one of my I, I would say number one is my team, right? My culture, my team, my coworkers made me successful. Number two is the values and work ethics my dad and mom instilled in me. But I would say right there in those top three would be my membership in a 20 group. Um, I would say that was one of the top three biggest contributors to my success in my life, um, not just professionally, but also personally. So uh, honestly, I would say this and maybe this is where I get kicked off of the podcast right now. <laughs> but I think you are a fool if you don't belong to an edge performance group. So I just think that no, you, I- somebody needs to knock you upside your head if you're not an edge performance group. That's just the truth. That's how strongly I feel about it. Uh, yes, no, Mike Anderson I, said that. Yes. I think we all agree. <laughs> yes. I think we all agree with you. I think it's it, it's a very valuable ad, right? And when within Driven Brands, our, our 20 group is a little bit different because we you know, we're comparing apples to apples with same chart of accounts and things like that. So the engagement of those um, I, I would call higher performers, top tier shops are all in those edge performance groups. So that tells you that it's working, right? Absolutely. And also, you know, you know, where there's a saying, you know, where there's a saying that a mistake's not a mistake if you learn from it. If you learn from a mistake, it becomes a life lesson. And I think there's a lot of life lessons to be shared amongst people, right? When you're in that 20 group. But I would say in those edge performance groups, number one is you got to leave your ego at the door. Number two is, you know, 
attend the, the edge performance group with the intent to be influenced, right? You know, and I think the other thing too is if you are a parent that has children that are going to get in the business or currently in the business, that's another reason to be in an edge performance group, right? So that your children, God forbid something happens to you, but your children have a lifeline and a support system of other people that would be there for them in the case something bad happened, right? I think we're all really good at making sure we have our wills and our trust and our estate planning done. But, you know, who's going to, you know, if you're a husband, who's going to step in and help your wife if something happens to you? Or if you're a, a wife and a husband, who's going to step in and some, help your children if something happens to you? And those are the types of friendships and camaraderie that, you know, you establish in an edge performance group that, you know, it's, it's just, it lasts forever. Yeah, no, I, Hunter, I'm right there with you. You, you hit. I think on you something. want to give me an amen, right? I, I do want to give you an amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> what I'll go back to a second is, you know, Chris hit a Chris hit on it, and I know you've seen it. Tell me about the Ops Playbook. We've we've taken the best of all three worlds, Fix, Abra, and Carstar, kind of melded them into this Ops Playbook. What do you think of it? Let me just tell you, I don't impress easily. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I've seen a lot, you know, people are, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way. First of all, I'm humbled that people want to come and share ideas with me. So first of all, I'm humbled and grateful. So I don't want this to come across as disrespectful or arrogant. But I, I get a lot of people always running things by me, like, you know, it's the best thing since sliced bread, right? And it's not often I see something that, like, makes me sit up in my chair and, like, whoa, let me look at that again. But the playbook you all have, especially the online version, OMG. Oh my gosh, it is that's some freaking smoking hot stuff. I'm just telling you, man, that is that is flipping smoking hot. It is it's off the hook. I mean, it's not just good, it's great. I'm not just I'm not just blowing smoke, right? I mean I'm I don't dish out compliments off often. I'm just telling you straight up, uh the uh you know, Jenna and the gentleman, I always forget the gentleman's Gary. name that helped us about Gary, man, they they're freaking geniuses. I'm just telling you, man, that stuff is freaking awesome. Like, I mean, if you don't take advantage of that. Shame on you. So, yes, 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 and yes. That is, I mean, especially when you're talking about trying to grow your team, right? When you're trying to grow your team, whether it's a new hire or an existing person, that is a critical tool in your arsenal, right, to help them to get up to speed. I mean, why would you not want to take advantage of that? Or even a refresher course, you know what I mean? Just to kind of refresh things, get back to the basics. So, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, Matter of fact, I, I, I mean, I wish I could find a way to get me a username and password to that. <laughs> well, well, so for shops out there that might be listening that aren't a part of Driven Brands, you would say that that's a benefit of joining Driven Brands, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're a newer business, you know, like you're somebody that's new that doesn't have a lot of experience, right? You don't have to go out there and reinvent the wheel and you know learn from others' mistakes, right? And, you know, it sets you up for success. Yep. Absolutely. So speaking of that, let's switch gears a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to just put this out there because... We, we're all coaches, right? We all talk to shops every day. We get the same questions about, man, there's consolidators out there looking to buy me, right? Should I sell? Should I grow? Should I keep it, keep my foot in the game? Do I, how do I, what do I want to do? And we all get the same questions. What's your answer to that, Mike? What do you, what do you think in this industry, in this climate? Yeah. So number one is don't sell out of fear, right? Cause you absolutely can compete. So don't sell out of fear. That's like, that's just insane, right? You know, if you're going to sell, only sell because it makes financial sense for you that it's going to take care of your, you and your family generational wealth for the rest of your life, right? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I have a client that's doing 25 million and he's going to sell for 30 million 
and he's going to get a hundred thousand dollars a month in rent. That makes sense. I get that, but don't sell out of fear. I mean, it, you can absolutely compete, and that's just the wrong reason. So, you know, and and also I think you know you got to look at things, right? I mean, it's like you know, let's say that you had the golden goose that laid golden eggs, like you know, and it lays them every day. Why would you get rid of your golden goose? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Because once, once you use up the eggs that the golden goose laid for you, once you use those up, there's no other goose left to lay them. So it's like, you know, people are paying for their, you know, all their family, you know, perks and benefits. I mean, so I guess that's my question is like, why would you want to, why would you want to sell your golden goose that lays eggs every single day? Like, it just makes no sense to me. Right. So uh, to me, I, I think a lot of people think they got to sell out of fear and, and that's just the wrong reason. So. Again, you can not just compete, but you can dominate. Remember, just change the way you compete. Focus on delivering an exceptional customer service experience, right? Tap into your edge performance groups. I mean, you just grow, right? So, Yeah, I think you're right there. I think the growth is the key, right? If you're, if you're going to stay stagnant, if you're, you know, 72, 75 years old and your business every day, you don't have a succession plan, things like that. Right. Probably a good yeah, idea. Makes you know, makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. But if you if you're younger, you've got like you say the goose that lays the golden eggs. Why yeah. would you destroy yep. that? Why would you get rid of that? And why wouldn't you have ten of those or five? Yeah, of those, absolutely, right? Absolutely. You know that. And again, that's just the thing I get is like you know people talk about selling. I'm like, but you're you're, pay, you're paying yourself this much, and they're like, but well, yeah, I know, but it's just hard to find employees. Well, you know, do you want easier? Do you want worth it? Right? I mean. You know, right. you work at McDonald's, you're going to smell like French fries and you work for UPS, your back's going to hurt. So <laughs> everybody has pain points in their job. Right. But, you know, yeah. you, with the money you're making, go get a massage and a personal chiropractor. Right. So exactly. Well, well, let's talk about the profits and that since we're talking about shops and selling and buying, you know, we're seeing those uh, we're seeing the shop profits dwindle right now. Right. It's decreasing. What do you see out there or what are you coaching out there to help those help them improve their net profits? So, I mean, obviously, you know, when you want to make a net profit, you grow sales, you control expenses or a combination of the two. And I've always been a fan of the combination of the two. Right. I don't think you should go extreme with either way. Um, But you also can't cut your way to a profit. Right. You know, because then you just start to put stress on everybody. So I think you got to grow your top line sales. I think you've got to look at your sales mix. I think it's more important than ever before to make sure your estimators are writing really good, complete repair plans, you know, stuff that you can justify to a third party payer, obviously. Right. But, you know, you got to make sure you're capturing the R&I operations, not included operations. Um, I think we also have to figure out, again, how to streamline our administrative processes, uh, how to utilize technology to give our people back more time so that they can focus on the things that will provide more value to, you know, the technicians or to the customer or to the OEM or to the insurer, whoever it is. So I think really uh, in summary, I think we have to embrace technology. I think we have to embrace technology. And again, you not just focus on top line sales, but you know, also keep your eye on the ball with your expenses, right? You know, I mean, every year you should be sitting down every October, you know, building a budget with your team, you know, doing financial forecasting and, you know, uh, you sitting with your vendors and going to your IT person saying, Hey, what do you expect my IT expenses to be this year? You know, I think it makes sense that, you know, once every other year or something, you know, you, you, you shop your, you know, your trash expenses or, you know, check your benefits or your health insurance or 401k. Right. So I just think, again, you got to work on your business, not always in your business. And that just means being a good steward of what you have. But, you know, also reinvest, right? Make sure you invest in your training, uh, invest in equipment, make sure that doesn't become, you know, 
you know, and also be proactive with your maintenance, right? Um, make sure you're doing preventive maintenance on your equipment because that way it, that, that ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So those would be some of my quick insights. I had a question for you, Mike, as we're talking about um, profit and losses and if you should buy or sell, you know, we have this potential um, recession looming, right? How do you think it's actually going to impact the collision industry? I think you're going to see that people are going to probably people hang on to their vehicles a little bit longer, which means that customer pay will probably go up. So I think that right now, obviously, there's a supply chain issues and even for selling new cars. But I think if the recession, you know, we do hit a recession, people are going to hang on to their vehicles longer, which means, again, they may want to go ahead and just get that bumper cover fixed that they were living with in the past. So I think we don't lose sight of customer pay because customer pay, number one, is cash flow. It's awesome. Number two, you usually have a higher gross profit. And number three, it's quick turnaround cycle time, right? So and it's usually, again, like I said, high GP. So I think don't lose sight of that customer pay. And I think that's, you know, normally you think a recession, you think people don't want to spend money, but I think people spend money differently, right? So it's not they don't want to spend money, they spend it differently. So instead of spending it on a new vehicle payment, they're going to want to spend it on, you know, making sure that their, you know, current vehicle, instead of going out and buying a new house, maybe they're just going to say, hey, I'm just going to, you know, paint my house or replace the carpet or get a new couch, right? So I think it opens up opportunities for customer pay work. No, that's, that's good stuff. I Let's... Go back a second because we were talking about how Driven Brands is coaching and we're talking to you about how you're coaching, right? It sounds to me like we're pretty aligned on a lot of the things that we're talking about. So, Mike, do you see that your coaching is aligned with our philosophies and the way that we're doing things? Um, absolutely. I mean, I think we're, you know, uh, uh, from, you know, we're both focused on safe and proper repairs. Uh, we're both focused on making sure that the customer is taken care of and the customer is the single biggest focus for us, right? And providing that exceptional customer service experience. I think we're both focused on embracing data and using data. They say data tells you to do one of two things, celebrate or go look. So, yes, I think we're very, very closely aligned with our philosophies on that. Absolutely. Matter of fact, one of the things I would say as a compliment is that, you know, you know, having attended the Aber conference and, you know, um, the CarStar conference, right? And, and um you know, the fixed conference is coming up here soon. Um, you know, sometimes I get actually taken aback in a positive way of just the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the knowledge base of some of your coaches, right? You I mean, your, your, you know, your coaches are, I mean, some of your coaches have real insights and, and, you know, especially some of the data you're able to utilize to analyze on the shop's performances and past performances and predict future performances. But just the knowledge base of a lot of your coaches is very impressive. That's, well, thank you, and that's yes. great to hear. Yes. Well, you know, it's well met. It's well, it's well they will be glad well to hear met. that, too. You know, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, they'll be glad to hear that. Well, you know, looking at some of them, look at some of the shops, and, and I know you've, you're have you an OE coach, right? You, you do a lot with Nissan, Toyota, and that sort of thing. And, and having the conversations, you know, some of the shops I speak to, regardless of if they're driven brand shops or non-driven brand shops looking to become a driven brand shop, think that, you know, the coaching that, you know, you're providing with some of those OEs, it doesn't align with being a, a car store or Abra or fix. Do you think that's the case? You know, again, I think if people understand that they're focused on safe and proper repairs, you know, which is what I've always heard, you know, when I, when I talk to your higher ups, whether it's, you know, Dean or, you know, new gentlemen or, you know, yeah. Mike or somebody else. I mean, I, I've never heard anybody driven not say that safe and proper repairs is your gold standard. Right. And so to me, I, I believe that the OEM training that we do on behalf of the OEMs, um, 
you know, Toyota, Lexus, Nissan, Infiniti, Honda, Acura, Porsche, right? Um, I believe that it supports the vision of a safe and proper repair, right? So I, I, I've never heard that from anyone, um, but I, I would like to think that they're aligned, right? I, I'd like to think that, and I understand, you know, that you also have, you know, have third-party pairs that you're, you know, you're trying to satisfy as well. But I, I think I think I've always heard the driven brand approach was focusing on the consumer first and foremost, at least that's what I've always believed to be true. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just kind of want to throw you a curveball a little bit because yeah, I for sure that one I, did. You know, I, I've got <laughs> shops out there and, and not particularly in my shops, but shops I talk to and they say, well, I couldn't be a, a DRP partner. Or I couldn't be a driven brand shop or I couldn't be a this shop because, you know, Nissan says this and da, 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 da. But I don't think that's the case because we have a lot of shops that are very well certified with OEs that align with what we're doing in the OEs complete and safe and proper repairs and also getting paid for what they do, right? They align with that very well. Yeah, I I think that, you know, and and I, I will say from the outside looking in that, you know, I don't know, seven years ago, even five years ago, I think that driven brands focus, and I'm saying this basically based on my car star experience, was strictly insurer. But at, at your conferences, you now, uh, I think, and, and honestly, I, I think, and I, I don't mean this in a good or bad way, but I remember one of your conferences, you know, way back when before COVID, I even kind of called out the car star organization and said, you all need to start talking to the OEMs, right? You've got to start having that relationship. And CarStar heard that, whether they heard it from me or heard it from somebody else, doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I, I see that, you know, the driven brands relationships now, you're starting to say, hey, we need to have a voice with these OEMs. We need to know what's going on. So I, I think that I think that that has changed, right? Versus, and I don't know what you gentlemen think, but again, your driven brands was very insurer focused. But in the past few years, even back before COVID, you all were starting to invite OEMs to your conferences. You're starting to have dialogues with them and and have input, right? I mean, matter of fact, I, I got a, um, an email this morning from Jenna uh, at CarStar, our Driven Brands, right? You guys know Jenna. I love me some Jenna, right? Yeah. Actually, she emailed me this morning saying, hey, we want to connect with you on getting some of this factory training for our shops. So I can attest to whoever might be listening to this that I literally got an email this morning from Jenna saying we want to arrange for our shops to take the OEM training so they understand what's required. So, so touching on the uh, OEMs and what you had said, Ron, that – we do sometimes tend to get a little pushback from carriers as far as OEM certifications and how we're repairing the car. But I, I, I feel like it's getting, it's improving. Is that something you see to continue to improve Mike or as, you know, as the industry evolves? Yes. You know, I'm one of those people that like, I've always tried to avoid like painting insurers with one broad brush. Right. And I think that sometimes people confuse what a local rep does. You know what I'm saying? You might have a, like a rogue rep in an area, but that doesn't represent what that company's approach is. But one of the benefits that Driven Brands has is that you actually have um, like insurance relations people that work at your corporate division, right? So if a shop felt strongly about something, at least it's my belief, they could reach out to your corporate insurance liaison and say, hey, can you take this up the food or up the chain of command, right? Versus a shop that maybe isn't a Driven Brands may not have an, a resource like that. So. I think Chris, you were the one asked me that question. So, yeah, I think that I think that you offer probably other paths to redemption or resolution than maybe a single shop would have. 
where do you see this, the industry going? I mean, we're, we're low on techs. We're low on, you know, the, the tech schools are not having the attendance like they have in the past, uh, that type of thing. It's, where do you see the industry in the next five, 10 years? What are your thoughts on that? And what, and what is the benefit of being part of a network like driven brands? Yeah. So I think that, you know, I think first of all, I think the next presidential election, and I'm not getting political at all, I, but I just think the next presidential election is really going to dictate the how fast we see electric vehicles, right? The adoption of electric vehicles. And so I, I just think, again, that the next election is going to really you know, push that. And so I think electric vehicles are going to do to the industry what aluminum never did, but everybody thought aluminum did. I think aluminum, a lot of people thought when aluminum came out, that was like really going to, a lot of shops would got a business, you know, that we got to afford the tooling and equipment. And it would really kind of separate the haves and have nots, right? But I think electric vehicles is going to do that. It's going to do what aluminum never did. So I think that the shops that can't afford to invest in the equipment and technology, right, um, you know, or maybe you see more restrictive part sales, things of that nature. I think that those shops eventually are going to be, there'll be like this cutoff point where there's, they're not going to fix the vehicles of the future. And so every year that we get newer vehicles, those shops are going to just start going out of the business and go by the wayside. Now, with that said, I think it's important to keep your ear to the what's happening in your local area. So if one of those shops goes out of business, you might be able to you know, pick up their location for an asset sale or maybe you'll pick up a couple, you know, a couple, one or two good employees. Right. Not saying they're all bad. Right. So I think electric vehicles are going to. I think, and plus, here's the other thing too, right? A lot of people don't think about this, like, but every, you know, every time the vehicle manufacturers add an ADAS component, you know, like a camera or a blind spot monitor, that adds weight to the vehicle and that weight has to be offset. And so the way they offset that is by using different substrates. So as you see the acceleration of different substrates used, right, MPA of steels and things like that, as well as joining methods, like you see Honda and Acura's moving to a lot more structural adhesives and rivet bonding, that as we see this transition, again, that's going to start to, some people aren't going to be able to fix these cars. And so I think that actually helps the good shops, which, you know, your shops, the shops that are invested in the, doing things the right way, I think that actually becomes, I think vehicle complexity actually becomes a uh, benefit for us not a hurt that doesn't not a negative negative thing you, you know i don't I, I, again so i don't want to be a dead horse here but i do want you I, I do want to hear it from your your perspective and your words right we have we're all part of this thing called driven brands you've been a great partner with driven brands and continue to be a, a great partner with driven brands and we we love to have you at conference and things like this really appreciate you i'd like to i'd like to hear it from you Give me the, a hit list of the top three things or the top five things that you think is driven brands, why you think you should be part of it. Yeah. So I, the first thing I would say, and I say this to anybody that asks me is, you know, driven brands is not for everybody, just like not everybody is cut out to be a collision advice client. Right. Um, and so I, I think that, it, it, you know, obviously it depends on where you're at in this point of your business. Right. You know, are you in the infancy stages or are you in the, I'm getting ready to hang it up in the next year stage, right? So um, I think that if a shop is looking for someone, number one, to be a business coach for them, right? Somebody that is looking to help them, um, you know, understand the industry, to navigate some of the decisions that have to be made in regards to equipment or KPIs or financials, right? Somebody's just looking for that, like, 
you know, I mean, are there companies you can go to for like estimate training? Yes, you can come to me, go to Vailtech, you go to Collision Hub. There's places you can go for estimate training, right? Are there people you can go to for like financial consulting? Yeah, there's people, right? So, but but if somebody's just looking and says, like, I don't want to deal with 10 different companies or 10 different vendors, and I just want one company that can help me do it all, I think that's what Driven Brands has, right? And whether it's, whether it's, and one of the things I recognize for you all is that if even if you don't have that in-house expertise, you've developed the relationship and you've vetted a lot of the vendors and partners, right? So you're matching your customers up with one. So I think that it's really the ability that Driven Brands has or the resources. You know what? That's what I'll say. I'll say the resources. It's the resources that Driven Brands has that I think is the value. Right. I mean, obviously, you've got your co-op and you've got the buying power. I mean, those are all, all I mean, there's gosh, man, it's hard for me to narrow it down to like three. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got your playbook, you've got your online SOPs, you've got your, you know, um, I know I was talking to Rachel Henson recently and what she's developed that has all the different OEM certifications and what the equipment requirements are like. There's other entities in our industry that have been trying to do that for 20 years, and she did yes. it in like freaking three months, right? So, yes. I mean, I think if you're just looking for those resources, you're you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing about driven brands is you guys are a family, and I yes. think that too often we don't. Um, you know, it's you know, I mean, gosh, man, I just don't even know where to start. There's again, there's there's the SOPs, there's the playbook, there's your conference, there's the edge performance groups, there's the one-stop shop for all the different coaching or resources you need. There's your co-op that has your vendor relationships in it. Um, you know, I mean, there's just a ton. A lot of good stuff, right? Yes, yes, a lot. <laughs> I mean, and I, like you said, especially too, you know, it's funny where you're talking about like the app or the fix. It made me think of the Brady Bunch. I don't know why that came to mind, you know. <laughs> you, know it's, but, you know, you guys, but also now you have the best of all three worlds, right? You were able right. to take and, and merge those and I'm sure there's some things that each brand was doing maybe a little differently or a little better than the oh, other. Absolutely. But, you know, all, all of us are smarter than one of us, right? And the, the ability for you all, you know, I think collaboration, that would be another word I would use, right? Not just your resources, but the ability to collaborate with others. Um, again, just a lot of, ton of benefits. I, I think all those are great points. And collaboration is, like you said, the merging of the three brands together under one banner is is awesome right because we're all they're all franchise owners right and two heads are better than one and so of course you know when we're getting all these three brands together with all these shops there's not another network franchise network as far as collision repair is concerned that's bigger and better than us and and i'm gonna i I say that just out of passion right there isn't and, and so for us to be able to collaborate together and bring resources, not just those resources, but resources like you, Mike, I mean, bring that to the table and have those conversations at a higher level with those DRPs and insurers and things like that. I mean, h- how do you get that anywhere but here? Well, I think that I think the, the word to sum that up was that when you when you belong to driven branch, you have a voice. I think that's really it. You have a voice. Big or small, right. you, you still have a voice, yeah. right? Yeah, you you all have yeah, you have a voice as a franchisee, and then that voice gets amplified, right, to an insurer or to an OEM or a vendor partner, right? Whether it's somebody that sells equipment or paint or whatever the case may be, right? So I just think that when you're a member, you, you just your voice is amplified. I'd say the three brands created the three headed monster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing, right? I mean, we, no, totally. <laughs> talking about talking yeah. about dominating the industry, right? Talking about dominating, right? There's there's not another organization, you know, that compete 
on those MSO levels of those large MSOs that are national or international for that matter that are, are as big as us. And so all the benefits that are there in those three heads, all those three brands kind of melding together as one, where do you get that? I mean, I wish I had that back yeah. in the day. You know, I, I wish yes, I was yes. be able to be a part of that in, in, in today's world with a shop. But, you know, I think it's amazing opportunity. So, um, Chris or, or, or Eric, do you have any uh, a final question for Mike that you you want to put out there? Anything that is off the top of your head? I don't think so, man. We've we've gone over so much. I appreciate we covered your time, a lot. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, my head's hitting empty right at the moment now. So yeah, trying to we kind of just puked all, all over in. Mike here. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I, I, I want to thank Chris and Eric. I think I thank you for joining me today and, and participating here. And, and Mike, thank you. Mike, good. Thank you. It's been an thank honor. You very much. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate thank you guys. You're listening to the Collision Buzz podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Facebook to connect with today's guests, engage in the community, and let us know what else you'd like to hear on upcoming episodes.